So we are on week five, as I said, of the Beatitudes. It's the preamble to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preached these words, most famous words ever, Sermon on the Mount. And he, he speaks a whole lot of things around uh, blessed are those. And he goes through a whole bunch. And they're counter-cultural uh, values, really, or um, just things that are, probably don't come natural to us. But he wants us to get so that we can be blessed. The word blessed, as we've said week after week, is it's probably the best translation we have, but it's not blessed as in is having things, okay? It's not like, it's not even uh, blessed as in, or, so the word, other translation is happy, but it's not happy like something happened, like, you know, we won the rugby and we're happy. Sorry, that was probably inappropriate for, for this morning. Um, but the word is uh, a Greek word, makarios, which means joy. It's not circumstantial, but regardless of what happens, you have this blessedness, this joy, this happiness inside. And when you put your head down on the pillow at night, you have this peace, you have this, this feeling that comes from God. Does that make sense? And, and the series recap is we looked at blessed of the poor in spirit, those who are destitute without God. We all are broken, lost, destitute without God. We need him. Blessed are those who mourn. That was an interesting week as we looked at how God comforts those who mourn. Uh, Colin, uh, two weeks ago, looked at, at meek, not weak, and how it's something not spoken about much. But often we see weakness as a... As a like something is a, is a bad thing, but it's, it's different to meekness. And then last week, Tom preached on best of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And this morning, uh, Colin's actually preaching in Marisburg. My dad's going to be preaching at Giba, and we're all on the series together. We're all doing different weeks, but it's amazing how God is working together. And uh, this week, we're going to look at something which, to be honest, isn't spoken about much. And we were singing earlier everything around me shaking and I've never been more glad. It's amazing because that line is exactly what I'm trying to say with blessed are those. Everything around is going wrong, but I've never been more glad. That's blessed are those. Are you with me? Matthew 5 verse 7 is blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Now just bank the second half of that. We'll come back to that a little later. But blessed are the merciful. Now, I'm excited to share this today because, as I said, I think it's not something that we speak about enough. In church, we speak a lot about compassion and having compassion for people, but it's a little different to that. Mercy in, in the dictionary is compassionate or kindly forbearance. The word forbearance is, is basically deciding to put up with it when it could really bother you. You kind of make a pass on it. So kindly forbearance shown toward an offender, an enemy, or other person's or other person in one's power. So it's an act of kindness or compassion or a favor, but specifically to someone that has potentially done wrong or wronged you. You see, there's the difference. It's easy to be kind and compassionate to people that maybe are broken or hurt or don't have anything. Because th there's a natural tendency from our heart to want to show compassion. But what about people that have wronged you? Because normally those are the people we want to hit. Blessed are the merciful. Maybe another way to, to explain mercy is, is not giving someone what they deserve. Because sometimes they deserve to be it. <laughs> but not giving them what they deserve. And let's be honest, we're living in the most unmerciful world right now. I mean, people will cancel you at like the 
quickest opportunity that they get. People will say something to you. You just put a foot wrong and you will be destroyed. And we've seen people be destroyed in the last couple of years with social media and just the smallest of errors, particularly with uh, how public everything is nowadays with video and everything that's out there, you will be destroyed. But I believe that we're almost creating a mean culture, a, a mean society. Where every opportunity we can, we want to bring someone down back to size. Maybe you could say it like this, we've become great judges of others' sin, but great lawyers of our own. Did you get that? We've become great judges of others' sin, but great lawyers of our own. We, we so easily want to justify maybe something we did or said and argue, but judges of, of others. And Jesus says, when you learn the art of mercy giving, you will have joy in your heart. Blessed are those. And it's crazy because when we don't show mercy, most of the time it ends up hurting us more than it does them. And I'm really hoping today that God's gonna do something in our heart because we really need him to, because this is not something that comes natural. Like all these other Beatitudes, they're not natural. We need God to help us with these things. So pray a prayer right now in your heart. Say, God, help me this morning. Help me to get this thing called mercy. So I'm going to uh, show you two ways to do it. How do we show mercy? And then four places I believe we're not showing it enough. So let me give you the first, the two ways uh, to be a merciful person. Because you may kind of get it or understand it, but just uh, practically two ways to be a merciful person. The first is, if you're taking notes, and it'll be up on the screen, is we need to remind ourselves how merciful God is to us. Every day, sorry, the stage is creaking underneath me, so I'm just gonna come a little forward. Um, it's gonna start irritating you. I'm like ADD, I can hear creaking and I'm like battling to concentrate here. Um, but we need to remind ourselves every day how merciful God has been to us. And what's amazing is Jesus already patterned it for us in, in the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, again, is not something that we just say in 18 seconds, but it's, it's a model for prayer. Like, our Father in heaven, we praise God. Hallowed be your name, you know. Um, we, we look at our needs, you know. Give us today our daily bread. But then it goes on after that in verse 12. So after the stuff you need, <laughs> and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. It doesn't just say forgive us our debts. Very easy to pray that prayer but for, also for, for, forgive those who have done stuff wrong to us. And that word debt, debtors, is actually only appears two times in the New Testament. It's different to like uh, credit card debt. It's, 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 more, it's, it's not a payable debt. It's actually bankruptcy. It's like an unpayable debt. And Jesus cleared our debt. And I believe when we have mercy, blessed are those, he gives us capacity to forgive others. And if we think we can earn God's forgiveness, we'll make others earn our forgiveness. But we have to understand that God first forgave us. And it's crazy, you know, if you think about it, why, why are we so willing to receive it, but not so willing to give it? I just think simply we forget. We forget what God has shown us. And today we need to be reminded that God has been good to us. God has been kind for us. God has forgiven us. And I just think right now, maybe we should give God some praise for the fact that he has forgiven our sins. Anyone want to agree with that? Come on, let's give him some praise right now this morning. 
Let's remind ourselves. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 5 says, But God's mercy is so abundant, and His love for us is so great. And while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, He brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. And you need to remind yourself today that you were headed for destruction. And those people that you sometimes judge, like that do wrong things, you would be the same. Seriously, like I say this all the time, you know, without God, like I'm nothing. I mean, without God, how could I even live, breathe or move? How could I be a good husband, a good father? All those things, like without God, I am nothing. It's so easy to judge other people, but sometimes they just lost, they don't have God. We were headed for destruction. We were headed for bankruptcy ourselves. If you don't think you're forgiven, then you won't forgive. You see, the forgiven forgive. So that's the first. And then the second, this is a, a more serious one. And as you know, I'm not like too much of a serious preacher. I like to joke a little bit, but at the same time, when we, we do want to say something a little serious, I, I try and do it in love, right? And it's, it's my responsibility as a pastor, like all of us, is not just to tell you all the good stuff, you know, all the fuzzy things and, you know, encourage you on the Sunday and then like in between I go visit people in the hospital and that's my job, right? That's what people think. But I'm also here to, to help prepare you for something, to help prepare you for a final exam. And two is remember, we will all face God one day. And this isn't spoken about much in church, but remember that you will face God. You come before Him, and it's my responsibility to also tell you some of this stuff, that what we do here on earth is important. I don't know if you've ever arrived for an exam in school days, and you're like, you see like some questions around a subject, you're like, I've never seen this stuff in my life. Like, did the teacher teach me this stuff, or was I just not listening? Have you ever done that before? It's like, oh my gosh, there's a whole section. You're like, I, I, I've missed this one. And then the other times you come to the exam and they start touching on questions. You're like, I've got this. I know about this. And I, I suppose this is what it is today is I, I want to prepare you for this, that we will all face God one day. And the next verse after the Lord's Prayer is very important because so often we just focus on the Lord's Prayer. So after he's done the whole prayer for thine is the kingdom, power and the glory for ever and ever, amen, Jesus says, I need to talk about something again, just in case you missed it. And in Matthew 6, verse 14, he says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, I'm not saying this is a works thing, we need to earn it, but he's just stating something here, which is very important. And he says, in case you didn't get that, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's in the Bible. You see, if there's one thing that Jesus couldn't stand was unmerciful people. Yes, he offers grace, I, I get all that, but he's like, surely, if you've been forgiven yourself, you have to pass it on to someone else. If you're in a desert and you come across water, surely you don't just drink it for yourself. You go, here we go, my friend that is with me, you have the water too. I mean, surely, because that came from God. And Jesus couldn't stand it, actually frustrated and angered him when, when you've received something and you're not willing to give it to someone else. 
In Matthew uh, 18, don't have time to go there today, Peter actually talks about, um, well, Jesus, what if someone's offended you? What if someone's hurt you? You know, like, sh- should, I, should I forgive them up to seven times? Like he thought he would go quite high there. You know, should I give, uh, or, or, you know, and Jesus says, no, 70 times, seven times a day. So that's 490 times a day. And I've done the mass for you. If you're awake 24 hours, that's every three minutes, you have to forgive someone. Some of you say amen or oh me. (laughs) And then Jesus also told a story about this king who forgave someone their debt. Now this was an unpayable debt. In equivalent times, it equated to 85 billion rand. That's a lot of money. And if anyone thinks that's not a lot of money, I just want to tell you about some of the stuff we want to do as a church. And then you can maybe contribute to that. 85 billion rand and this king, that's bankruptcy. Let's him go. He forgives him. But then this same guy goes and finds someone that owes him an equivalent of 170,000 rand, which is a kind of payable debt over time. You can kind of pay that. You know what I'm saying? Like you pay off a car over five years and he holds him accountable for that money that was owed to him. 170,000, 85 billion. The king was so angry that he threw him into prison. And Jesus tells the story. He's like, how can you do that? And he said, in Matthew 18, it says, shouldn't you have mercy on others just as I had mercy on you? So we need to be reminded of what Jesus did for us. But we also need to understand that one day we will become before God. I mean, James takes it up to another level and he says, so you must show mercy to others. This is Jesus' brother. Or God will not show mercy to you when he judges you. But the person who shows mercy can stand without fear at the judgment. There is a judgment day coming, just in case you didn't know. And that's the day I'm trying to prepare you for today. And if we can truly say, God, out of the best of my ability, I was able to show mercy to other people. And we may not always get it right. And we live in such a divisive society, you know, people are trying to rip us apart. And, uh, and, and even sometimes as a church, I think people have stuff to say about a church, or you too merciful, you too kind, or, you know, and I just want to be honest with you. If I'm going to miss it, I'd rather err on the side of grace and miss it that way and just saying, you know, I don't know, maybe can God judge me for being too kind or too merciful? I, I don't think so. Because I think as church often has just been so harsh and judging. Yes, there is sin. I get all of that. But let God be the judge of that. Our responsibility is to show mercy and to love people into the kingdom of God. Yes, we need to correct and rebuke sometimes and God will give us the responsibility to do that. But if I'm going to miss it, I'd rather miss it on that side to, to show more mercy. Are you with me? I don't think we can ever be too nice or too kind. And if we weren't in the series of, uh, you know, the Beatitudes, I think a, a good title for this message would be um, those of us, we, we call to a ministry of mercy. Like we're almost like agents of mercy in a world that cancels, that judges, condemns and harasses. God's called us to be ministers of mercy. Micah 6, 8 says this, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy. We did a series on that end of last year. Uh, Act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And this world is trying to separate us and trying to divide us. And, you know, just let's just be merciful. 
I mean, look at 2 Corinthians 5, 19. I love this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Because there is a worldly point of view. The left, the right, the politics, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated, those who believe this, those who believe that. Though we were once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no, no, no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. We take on a different nature, a different culture, a different viewpoint, not a worldly viewpoint. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God. You see, it comes from God. So if God, everything comes from God, how can we take glory for it? And this is the important part. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I'm not a huge numbers guy. I did okay in mass. And um, we, I was just trying to reconcile some expenses even from this trip. And uh, it was quite a mission to get it all right and to balance. Okay, I didn't do accountancy, but I think I did a pretty good job. You know, Then my mom was saying, no, but then you missed this out, missed that out. I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. Uh, just trying to, apparently this, you know, the red and the, you know, the black. And, but the word reconciliation basically is, is to bring something back to zero. And, and for those of you accountants or balance your, in the old days, you used to call it balance your checkbook, right? Do you know in America they still use checks? They still actually like post checks in the mail. It's the most backward system and they're the most first world country. It's, it's the most crazy thing. I'm like, checks? Like, they don't even know what Zapper is. They've never, I, I showed uh, how, you, how you pay for something. They're like, that's incredible. I'm like, you guys are America. What are you talking about, you know? But the word reconciliation is, is, is to bring your balance back to zero. And apparently, if you're an accountant or you do your books, and that's a, a beautiful thing. You know, it's like, oh, everything's balanced, right? And that's basically what Jesus did for us. We had a balance. And he cleared that for us and brought it back to zero. And it's a beautiful thing. That's what re re reconciliation really means, bringing back the balance to zero. But someone had to do that for us. You had a balance and Jesus brought it back to zero. And what he's saying here with being ministers of reconciliation is you don't just take that for yourself and go, oh, this, is, this feels great, but you go and help other people to bring their balance back to zero. That's why I do what I do, I suppose. We don't judge. We don't point. Jesus will do that. We just need to point Jesus to the process where their balance can also be brought back to zero. And we just have to be those people. Because it says here, back in, in, in that verse here, reconciled himself to Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And then look at this. And he has committed us, you, to the message of reconciliation. And he wants to, us to be those people. We have to be those people. C.S. Lewis says this, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. I hear a little bit of, mm, mm, mm. it's so funny, Chris Hodges at this conference uh, that we went to, he, he, he invites his friend to church, friend comes, but he's like totally unchurched. And he, he says to him afterwards, he's, he's what's with all, in, uh, all, no, it wasn't Chris Hodges, it was actually, he's, who was it, Craig Rochelle, I think. He says, what's with all the mooing in church? Like people, mm, mm, mm. every time you say something good, everyone goes, mm, mm, mm. he's like, do I need to do that too? He's like, no, no, you don't need to do that. 
Okay, so, so how do we do this? Who, who do we do this to? Who should we show mercy to? Four things. Are you with me? We are called to show mercy, number one, to those who make mistakes. To those who make mistakes. See, the religious world would rather point fingers and, and accuse. But we need to take on the nature of Jesus and show mercy. And do you know that one of the disciples was a tax collector? They, they were known as money thieves. They were like known, they, they weren't liked, okay? And they, they did a lot of wrong. And interestingly enough, Jesus chooses one as his disciples, and that was Matthew. And Matthew gets the revelation on this, and he actually quotes a prophecy way back before Jesus was born in Isaiah, and he, and he recognizes this thing, and he gets a revelation. Look what it says here in Matthew 12, 17. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Jesus fulfilled many prophecies um, from the Old Testament in the New Testament to confirm that he was the Messiah. And he, and he says this, look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved. He loves me. Who pleases me. But this is the important part. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out the flickering candle. He sees this. He's like, Jesus had mercy. He loves. He didn't raise his voice. He didn't shout. He didn't fight. He didn't accuse. And I just believe as a church, I think we, can, we could stand for more good things as opposed to just being against things. I get sometimes we need to make a stand against things, but sometimes we're louder about those things than we are. What, but this is what we stand for, and, and particularly with a lot of the hot topics at the moment. Well, this is, we, we stand for, for, for marriage, and, and we stand for, 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 for man and woman in marriage. We don't, we don't accuse or point fingers, but this is what we believe, and this is what we stand for, and that's okay. And if you have a different opinion to me, that's okay. And, and I say that's okay, do you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Let, let God work that journey with that person. And there's a lot of like contentious issues and hot topics. That's okay for where you are right now in your life. But this is what we believe. This is what we stand for. And this is why. Are you with me? Instead of just pointing and accusing and throwing stones, I just think it's important to understand this. That, uh, so when he says a, a bruised reed, or a weakest reed. Do you know reeds are predominantly made out of water because they grow in water and they bend very easily when they're bruised. And when they dry out, they literally just snap and fall over. It's a very, it's like a weak plant. And so often I think as people and as Christians sometimes, we, we look for the, the, those weaknesses and we, we just, just cut people off. You know, but, but he says, he will not crush the weakest, the bruised reed, or put out a flickering candle. We're so good at that as well. Someone's struggling, someone's battling with someone's own, and we say, oh, just blow them out. Like, you're pointless, you're useless. We must be known for mercy. James 2 says, mercy triumphs over judgment. And I, I just, for us as a church at Open Scars, can we be a church that just welcomes everyone? We don't welcome all the sin, but we welcome everyone and let God in his journey, in his process, deal with that. I, I think he can do that. But sometimes I feel like we almost, as Christians, we stand at the front with a clipboard and, and ask what people have done wrong in the week. Let me tell you, none of us would be here this week if, if, if we had to enter this place based on 
on things we did right in the week or wrong in the week. If I said to you, Nikki Gumbel talks about in the Alpha course, he says, if we had a show next week of everyone's names up on the screen of all the things you thought or did wrong, would you be here next week? I don't think any of us would be here. Can, can, can we show mercy? And so often we, we have this grading system almost in our hearts and our minds based on what's really bad and what's not. We all sinners. We all fall short of, short of God's glory. And it's not an excuse then just to do whatever we like, no. But because God's shown mercy to us, surely we can show mercy to other people. We love people. We love them. We don't love the sin, but we love them. Are you with me? Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You know, I wasn't gonna share the story. It wasn't in my notes. Uh, but driving here this morning, there was two guys crossing the road right under the footbridge there at Gillitz. And it's frustrating because you're like, man, why don't you just go over the bridge? And you hear stories of people getting knocked over. And it reminded me of something that I read last week. It happened in Westfield. I don't know if you know about it, but a guy was knocked over who didn't cross the footbridge. There's a photo of him. I mean, they kind of blurted up, but he's lying on the highway, footbridge above him. But the person that did the post on the Westfield crime group or whatever, was saying, how's like this dumb guy, you know, causing issues for everyone in the traffic, uh, you know, nearly caused an accident. Why didn't he cross the footbridge? And you must see the comments. Now I get he did wrong. He should have gone over the walk bridge, but there's a guy lying dead on the road. Where's the mercy? I'm not condoning what he did. <laughs> But people were so worked up about how they had been put out in the traffic and all the issues and could have caused an accident. And, but there's a guy lying dead on the road. Yes, he did wrong, but we have to. We have to show mercy to those who make mistakes. It's easy to show mercy to those who don't make mistakes, but that are, are worse off for something. But what about those that make mistakes? We have to be people that give other people second chances. We restore the bruised reed. We don't just snap it off. We, we, we look at the flicking flame and we fan it into flame to get it going again. The second place that we show mercy and need to do it more is to those that let us down. This is a tough one. I don't know about you, but I've been let down in my life. Sometimes the people that you love the most let you down as well, right? Even, you know, just... We were traveling and this stuff happened. You know, I was also let down personally with something hurt. You know, we, 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 we all deal with stuff. Things come against us all the time. There will be people that let us down. But we have to have a heart always of reconciliation, one of mercy. Because Jesus was the best example of that. There he is bleeding on a cross, mocked, spat at, beard pulled out. And do you know what his words were as he was on the cross? I mean, they're famous words. In Luke 23, he says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. That was his heart. He's been denied. He's been betrayed. He's been accused. He's been rejected. He's been abused. He's been humiliated unto death. But he was modeling something for us. I don't think it's been as bad for us as it was for Jesus. So if Jesus, and you're saying, oh, but he was God. He was fully human, though but he modeled something for us. And the Bible, sometimes we, we get frustrated, right? Because it has the audacity to ask us to do the same thing. Look what it says in Colossians 3. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You see, it's something we need to actually put on. It's a choice. You've got to clothe yourself. You've got to make a decision every morning to get up and put clothes on. And please make that decision every morning, especially on Sundays. But it's, it's a decision that we have to make. It's something we have to put on. It's not a, it's not a feeling. It's a choice that we make. Clothe yourself. And there's a word bear again. It says bear with each other, the forbearance. When someone's have a grievance against you and forgive one another. If anyone has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many of you have someone that you have a grievance with right now? <laughs> we all do, right? Blessed are those. You want to leave here today feeling some joy in your heart, even though you've been hurt? Blessed are those. Joy will fill your heart when you show mercy. And the crazy thing with this whole Beatitudes is it's actually more, um, it's not for the receiver, it's actually for the giver that we, 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 we feel blessed. It's countercultural. I mean, on the back of the chairs, you've got a, a zapper code with bank details, and it, we didn't want it to be in your face, but I, I very intentionally put a scripture there. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's countercultural. We can either get mad or show mercy. Max Ocado wrote this book, How to Get the Applause of Heaven. Um, and in it, he writes this, unfaithfulness is wrong. Yes, it is wrong. Sometimes people have done stuff. It's, it's hurtful. It's wrong. But revenge is worse. But the worst part of it all is that without forgiveness, bitterness is all that is left. And bitterness, man, that is something that will eat you up more than it does the other person. I heard this very sweet old story of this old couple. Uh, it was their 50, 50th year anniversary. Anyone close to 50 years of marriage here today? Next year, you've had it. You passed it a long time ago. That's incredible. Well done. 50 years of marriage, and they had the whole family there, and one of the grandkids said to the granny, how do you, how do you stay married after 50 years? And you know what she said? Sweet old granny said, well, I decided I'd make a list of granddad's 10 biggest faults and just forgive him up front for them. <laughs> so the, 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 the grandchild said, well, what, what was the list? What were the 10? She says, you know, I never got around to making the list. But whenever he did something wrong, I just said, lucky him, that's on the list. <laughs> and I forgave him. Isn't that beautiful? And I guarantee you, she was a happy soul. She was a blessed soul. Then I'm not just saying you get walked over and, and all that. But it's a decision. You clothe yourself. Talking about an old couple, I saw this meme this week. I, I found pretty funny. Um, for the last 30 years, all you've done is find my mistakes. Is it, in anything I say, she goes, that's no, 31 years. <laughs> just, just to correct you. <laughs> so who else do we show mercy to? And this is important. I've already touched on it. Is to those far from God. This will always be the heart of this church. To show mercy to those that are far from God. I don't want this church, I'm sorry if this offends you, but just to be full of church people. If you're all church people in this place every Sunday, 
I don't want to go as far as say I don't want you here. I really want you here. But I want people that don't know Jesus, that aren't churched, I want them here too. See, there's some empty chairs around you. Let's fill those with people that don't go to church. How do we do that? I believe it starts by showing mercy to people, just having a mindset and a heart of mercy. Those that have a different belief to us, those that live a different way, those that have a different lifestyle orientational thinking to us, can we show mercy, get them into these chairs and let God speak to their hearts, let God change them? Jesus did this all the time, you know. So much so, he was like, he, he, he was tuned like for this. He, he hung out with prostitutes. They were at his feet. The, the, the religious were like, I can't believe. Like he, he spends time with these tax collectors and these people. Did he condone what any of them did? No, he didn't. But he showed them mercy. You see, Jesus connected before he corrected. Zacchaeus, the thief, right? We know the story. Zacchaeus, wee little man and wee little man was he and he climbed up in the sycamore tree. We could sing the song, right? Zacchaeus was a thief. What was the first thing Jesus said to him? You sinner, you wrong. No. He said, do you want to have lunch today? That's what he did. He went and had lunch with him. Another story uh, in Matthew 9, listen to this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. He was very inclusive. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? What's going on here? On hearing this, Jesus says, I love this, he, he was so profound. Is it not the healthy who need a doctor? It, sorry, sorry, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It, it's, it's the sick that need a doctor. Some of you are churched out, man. You've, you, you've listened to podcasts of the week. You have worship. You listen to me on a Sunday. You listen again. You come to Bible college. It's all good. But there's other people that, that need that more than you sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We, we sit here and get fat, spiritually fat. There's people that are really sick that need Jesus. And then Jesus says this, but go and learn what this means. And today I'm trying trying to help you learn what does this mean go and learn what this this means and he says this I desire mercy not sacrifice see it wasn't about sacrifice they, they were very familiar with that they would have to sacrifice things to earn you know or to to be forgiven things they did but Jesus says I desire mercy not sacrifice for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners can we make a decision today? Let's get the lost people saved. I mean, we're in a, we, we've been in a, a pandemic the last few years and some of us, the church people, I've been sure if we want to come to church. Those online, please come, come here. It would be so nice to have you back in the building. But what about unbelievers, those that don't go to church? I mean, if we don't even want to come to church and it's hard to get people back to church, what about them? But they need it more than anything. And there's a reason why I wore this cap today. I don't often preach in caps, Colin does. You might have got me confused this morning. I think it was Colin. I'm not shouting this morning, okay? Uh, Colin gets very fired up um, when he speaks. But I actually made this cap. I bought this uh, uh, heart thing. And um, it says, all you need is love. It's a famous Beatles song. You want to sing it, Dad? All you need is love. Da, da, da. There we go. You even know that. But it's intentional. 
What does the Bible say? God is love. All people need is love. All people need is God. And shouldn't we be ministers of that love? Ministers of reconciliation. And the last thing, and as we kind of come to a close is, and this one's quite surprising. As I said, uh, Church of the Highlands, uh, the church that I was at uh, two weeks ago, just, guys, let me tell you, it just blew my mind and just made me so excited about what's possible. They meet in 23 locations, and some of those locations include prisons. They have about 70,000 people that attend their services on a Sunday. 50,000 of those are in home groups or small groups. But just to see what they're doing, it's just mind-blowing. Like, it's just like it was, and the people that we met, just incredible. We're very excited. But they did a survey, and the survey was this, who's the toughest person to be in a relationship with? Basically, who was, who's the hardest person to forgive? And they did it across thousands of people. Like, they wanted to find out, was it your mother, or was it your dad? Was it a brother? Was it a, a business partner? Was it a boss? Who was the hardest person to forgive? And this one surprised them so much. And three to one, the hardest person to forgive and to show mercy to is to ourselves. It's to ourselves. And let me just tell you, when you end with this, is you can't show mercy to other people if you don't even show mercy to yourself first. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those. It's, it's one and the same thing. And I really prayed today that I really believe this is going to be very significant for some of you this morning. This is for someone here today where you've battled to forgive yourself. You've done wrong and you've battled to forgive yourself. And maybe you can identify with David. David in the Psalms says this. He says, I'm drowning in the flood of my sins. They are a burden too heavy to bear because I have been foolish. I'm utterly worn out and crushed and my heart is troubled. And maybe today you say, I've disappointed God. Like, I just want to say today, no, you haven't. You may have done wrong, but God loves you so much. Disappointment is the gap between expectation and reality. And God already knows what you did. God knows everything, everyone. He knew what was going to happen. And he still loves you. He's called you. He believes in you. And he wants to show mercy to you today. And you need to show mercy to yourself. And if you don't believe me, I'll end with this, is God uses the most unlikely people we see throughout the Bible, people that have done wrong, but God showed mercy to. I mean, countless stories, Jonah, Daniel, David, but even in the New Testament, Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, the scriptures that we read today was written by Paul, and this is what he says, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor, and a violent man. I mean, he used to beat people up. This guy was violent. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. He was ignorant. He had unbelief, but God showed him mercy. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Church, please accept this today. Receive this fully today. Christ Jesus came into the world 
to save sinners. Of whom Paul says, I am the worst. And maybe today you think I'm the worst. I'm the worst person. You don't, Hilton, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand what I said. You don't understand what I did yesterday. I'm the worst. God doesn't want you to keep doing that, but He's saying, I want to show you mercy. Show mercy to yourself today. Christ didn't come to make you feel sorry, but He came to set you free. I didn't say Christ didn't come so that you could not say sorry. There's a difference between feeling sorry and all remorseful and all. He wants us to be repentant, yes. But when we feel terrible about ourselves, He came to set us free to receive that today. And I want every single one of us today to leave this place being a minister of mercy. Because when we can receive it for ourselves, we can then go, thank you, Jesus. And I can go help someone else, direct someone else to receive God's mercy. Just as you sit there today, just just close your eyes, take a moment. Just allow God's mercy to wash over your soul today. Maybe even just take a moment, just think about potentially how you could be more, more merciful to other people, people that have wronged you, people that have done wrong, people that are far from God. Maybe you've had a bit of a critical spirit, judgment. And the team are just gonna sing just, just a chorus, just this beautiful song about mercy. And then I'll, I'll, I'll come and pray in a moment.